What's up, everybody? Today, I am super excited to announce my guest. He's a former New Orleans Saints running back slash linebacker, number 10 overall athlete by ESPN in 2011, coming out of high school, and a former LSU Tiger, Lamar Lewis. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, man. So um, first and foremost, why don't you tell us a little bit about your hometown of Brobridge, Louisiana, and what makes it so special? Uh, my hometown of Brobridge is a small town, less than 10,000 people. Um, but at the same time, we are the crawfish capital of the world. Um, so we host a huge crawfish festival every year. And that's pretty historic. Um, but a small country town, man, where everybody knows everybody. <laughs> that's what's up. What's the go-to food for someone like me who's never been down to New Orleans or Louisiana? Um, I would say crawfish etouffee. I hear that um, every time. Mm -hmm. I would say gumbo. Um, our boudin. Um, those three are pretty top top five for sure. Yeah, man. I've I've talked to probably about ten Saints players on this show. Creshawn mm -hmm. Hogan, Delvin Bro, all sorts of guys, and they okay. all every one of them crawfish day too fake. So like that's yeah, that's got to be the shit, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> take us back to your high school days real quick and go over mm -hmm. like your recruiting process and why you ended up choosing LSU. Right. So back in uh, high school was, was was fun, man. High schools are some of the best days of your life. So I had a blast um, playing in high school. Um, unfortunately, um, fortunately, I ran into a snag, had a bad injury in high school. Um, my first, um, the first big adversity that I had to overcome. Um, I tore my ACL, played my LCL. Um, so I had to sit out. Now this is right before I had any offer. Um, then I started to come back, started to smash camps and different combines around the country. Then I was invited to the Nike um, factory in um, Oregon. Um, I did well there. Um, then my offers just started rolling in, man. But I've always wanted to be an LSU type. Um, it didn't really matter who offered me. Now that I look back at my recruiting, um, I, I'm, I wouldn't take it back, wouldn't change it. But it, I was pretty stupid. Um, think. I remember Stanford called. This is before LSU offered me. Like Stanford called and they were like, you know, would you like to um, come over? Would you like to play for us? You know, like I would, I would love to play for you, but but coach, I have a few C's on my report card. I don't know if I can fit the standards. It was pretty much uh, thanks, thanks, but no thanks. Um, and it's crazy because I'm a scholar. I was a scholar student. Um, but Stanford was like, wow, it's Stanford, you know. Um, but um, LSU was always going to be my school. It didn't matter uh, who offered me. So that's how I ended up there. So, uh, you know, you spent time with the Cardinals, the Saints, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. Which was your favorite team to play on? And which kind of, you know, teammates did you have that really just kind of helped your transition to the league? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I would say the Cardinals are the favorite team, and I may be biased with that, um, but they were my first team. They were the team who, um, I mean, I grinded hard to, to make that 53-man roster coming out as an undrafted uh, free agent, man, and there's a lot of memories that I've made in Arizona, you know, with people through training camp, mini camp, preseason, regular season. Um, there was a lot of adversity I had to overcome, excuse me, in Arizona. A lot of relationships I built, but um, a 
lot of people, man. Calais Campbell uh, was very influential, man. Um, Chandler Jones was very um, influential, man. You know, um, Patrick Peterson was very influential. You know, guys that I talked to, guys that tried to lift me up, pick me up. Um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, man, you know, was, was, was huge, man. You think, you know, he's Larry Fitzgerald. He may be to himself or he may be too much or he may think I'm too little. But, nah, man, you, you just you're another teammate, man. Um, so I love Arizona. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I've heard great things about Arizona. I've had a few guys who have played for the Cardinals and they have nothing but love and respect for Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're a former teammate of Drew Brees and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he just released a statement saying he would never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag. Um, as somebody who knows him and has been a teammate with him, what are your thoughts on what he said? Well, um, I was shocked. Um, I was hurt. Um, just because, as a lot of people who I guess oppose my views are saying, Drew's, Drew's done so much for the New Orleans community, uh, financially um, and everything else. So to double down, um, to double down and criticize a peaceful protest, and really and say everybody or anybody, um, and to not shed light on the cause and what they're actually fighting for right now, it was just irresponsible and it was heartbreaking. I mean, it could have been, okay, I'm going to say what I say, but then after I'm going to shed some light on the injustice. I'm going to shed some light on the thing that, that, that has to change. But it kind of, it made it about him. It made it about his views. It made it about um, his experience. You know, I mean, and as Shannon Sharp said, we have grandfathers that fought in all those wars along with your grandfathers. They just didn't have the same experiences coming back. They weren't accepted back home as yours were accepted back home. So yes, we, we get it. We get it. You, you, you have a different experience where all we're doing is asking you is to recognize and share some light hours because you have the platform. People are listening to you of all colors and, 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 and races. I can't say the same right now. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think Drew's apology was sincere? And then do you think some current players are like on the saints are just kind of making amends because they have to? Well, um, do I think it was sincere? My heart wants to think it's sincere, but it's like my mind is telling me, bro, like I mean, it, it, it had to be done. Like, the apology had to come out. So whether it's sincere or not, it had to be done. He's a football player. He's playing with a number of Blacks. You know, he's in that community with a lot of Blacks. You know, um, he, he, he had to come out with an apology. For, as a PR, he had to come out with an apology. Um, I'm pretty sure management um, and ownership over the Saints told him he had to come out with an apology. So that kind of, if it was sincere, it takes away from the scene. It takes away from it that he had to do it. I mean, in so many um, different ways, you know, he, there, there was no, we all knew it was coming out. So it takes away from it being sincere. But I, I mean, at that point in time, 
He said what he meant. At that point in time, he said what he meant. The only way the apology is sincere is if overnight his view changed. Or he did say, he taught after talking with people, after understanding other people's signs. I hope, I hope that's the truth. But at the same token, for a third time, you did not shed any light on the cause. You didn't shed any light on what people are fighting for. You didn't, you didn't shed, you, you're not discrediting, discrediting them, but you're not shedding any light. And that's why I made the comment, silence is murder. I mean, no, he wasn't silent. He did say how he felt. He, I'm talking about the topic. He was silent on the cause. You yeah. know, it, 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 it really sucks that it hurts you that bad that you can't come out and speak for justice as a public figure. And everyone is coming out who's opposing me is saying, you know, well, Drew has a right to his own opinion and isn't as he does. He does. But history tells us that as athletes, as people with a platform, as people with influence, we are held to a higher standard. We are held with responsibility. People follow you. People look up to you. So whatever comes out of your mouth, there's some responsibility that comes be behind it, you know? So um, the simple answer um, is I have none. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, I believe him. I'm not going to sit here and say, no, I don't believe him. I just, at this point, I really just don't care. Um, because he said he he said what he said, man. I'm not saying I would never believe him. I'm not saying I would never. But I mean, he he took a step in the right that direction. Now let let's see let's see if he's going to speak up on it. You yeah, know, and if then, he doesn't, go ahead. And yeah, and so guys like Alvin Kamara, right? They come out and Michael Thomas. You know, they're all coming mm-hmm. out and they're talking about how they have forgiven Drew Malcolm Jenkins, who was very vocal mm-hmm. about his displeasure with Drew. Um, mm-hmm. do you think they're only doing that for the betterment of the team, knowing Drew only has like a year left, or do you think they actually are forgiving him and they hurt him out? Well, when when you're around someone every day, man, when you're around a good person just as Drew um was, at least he was a good person to me, you know, every time I was around him. I mean, you have no complaints, you've seen no forms um of racism. And then he automatically comes out with this. It's like a curveball. I think that's why know. every that's what everyone's thinking. Like they're just really right. taken aback by this. Right. And then he comes out with an apology. So you have that aspect. And then you have the aspect of this is our job. This is how we get paid. We need you to do well for us to do well, for everybody to eat and feed our families. You get that pressure, you know. I mean, that's pressure, man. So to to, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's tough because you really gotta check yourself. I mean, that comes down to players kneeling. I ask myself, man, um, I am with Cap one hundred percent, but do I have the courage? Am I willing to take that chance to kneel? You know, and it's heartbreaking because I want to be with you. I am with you one hundred percent, bro. But I know if I take this knee, this knee as an undrafted free agent, I lose my job. So you have to be willing to lose your job. Um, I don't think um, if those guys didn't have a change of heart, I don't think they're ready to lose jobs. 
I don't think they're ready to be displaced if they're already rooted in New Orleans. So it all be, comes down to the individual and how much they're ready to, to, to lose or how much, of an un, um, how much of a comfort zone they're ready to disrupt. So it's, it's, it's just tough, man. It's, 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 no, I don't think they fully um, accept the apology, but they kind of, they don't have to as well, but um, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's tough. It's a tough situation. Yeah, for sure. And then um, that kind of leads into my next question. What actions do you think Drew should like take to show that he actually does care? Like he mentioned in his apology that that he is an ally, um, and that he wants to do anything he can to help. Um, I mean, and he, he seems sincere about it. Like you said, it's hard to tell, you know, because you know, obviously the organization probably made him, um, you know, post a video or something. But um, you know, what can he do to really show initiative that he cares? I would say attack the problem directly. You know, yes, um, you're giving money to um, less fortunate um, families and communities. We get that. We understand that. That's a different issue. You know, we're not right right now. The issue is police brutality. What have you done to combat police brutality? Like we are thankful for all the work you've done in the past. Grateful for the monies that you've donated. But what have you done for police brutality? Not impoverished communities, you know, not for the Saints organization, not for um, Katrina victims, police brutality. You know, if you haven't done anything towards police brutality yet, you, you, you've done nothing in the scope of what we're talking about. You know, um, so I say attack the problem directly. I don't know. I'm not going to tell him what to do, but we're not asking for money. <laughs> we're not asking for money. The protest is to raise awareness for change. So you can at least do that. Right. You can at least raise awareness. But right. And as one of the top quarterbacks, yeah, as one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, he has every you know mm-hmm. power to be able to do that. Right. And he just he really just missed right. the ball. Um, when he was, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, man, right. Aaron Rodgers has came out multiple times raising awareness. He doesn't have to give a dime out of his pocket, but he's right. raising awareness for the cause. This is where I stand. We have to help our black and brown brothers and sisters. But instead of doing that, he brings up the disrespecting the flag narrative again. That's just heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely missed the ball on that. Um, one last question for you. How much, you know, you've been in, you've been in several locker rooms. You've been in four NFL locker rooms. You've been in, you know, college locker rooms, all this. How much racism do you think still exists in the NFL that just no one's talking about? I think a lot. Um, how much racism exists that we can see? If you're not, it's very, um, it's not as, well, I can't say that because as of the last few years, it's become more blatant. But let's say before that, let's say my prime in my playing days through high school, college, NFL, um, you don't you don't see it. Like we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about what's going on in the world. It's it's football because if we do start talking about politics, it'll be chaotic. 
we do start talking about racism and this and, and it'll be chaotic and we won't funk we will lose money because we will not be a good team or we will lose um games because we will not be a, a good team because we will have no chemistry and i think this i kind of compare compare it to the police force you know the police force is divided you know, people are looking at people sideways, you know, talk about blacks and whites. But at the end of the day, one thing that unites them is their police officer. So let's just focus on being a better police officer. And when I punch out and go home, then I can vent my frustrations to my family and my community, you know. So it's just, it's silent, but but it's there, man. It's, 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 it's there just as it was back in the day. But um, it's just silent, and we've learned to live through it, which is right. disgusting. We we we've learned to cope and deal with it, and we've we've taken 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 so much, and now it's just exploding. Um, so now people are being so blatant and open with it that I've never seen before, and I think a lot of that is due part to um our our president, and this is not just calling him a racist um, or anything like that. He's a very open president. He says what he wants to say and he promotes people no matter what the situation, say what you want to say, say what's on your mind, and there won't be any repercussions. That's the that's the image and, and view that he's giving off, which isn't true, but people are running with that. You know, I'm going to say what I have to say, say how I feel because my president does it, you know? Um, and it's kind of good in a way because I'd rather know who you are and where you stand than not know thinking that you're with me and on my side. Right. So it, it's it's still here, man. Yeah, and then like especially like in recent days, you know, we're seeing you know reports from you know Richie Incognito coming out. We're seeing things with Jake Fromm, the Bills' new quarterback, and Josh Allen. Like all sorts of like tweets are just surfing surfacing up. And it just it shows that like it's not just Drew Brees, it's not just certain individuals. Oh, no. oh, it goes no. oh, no. it's so much deeper than that. And oh, I'm sure no. there's so many people in the NFL, you know, who were raised similar to Drew, who don't have the same beliefs. But it's so important to realize that you know not everyone's going to have the same beliefs, and that you have to just you really have to have an open mind when when knowing who your teammates and your brothers are that you're going to war with every day. Um, but with that being said, I just want to remind everyone listening that all the proceeds for the entirety of 2020, this entire year, um, will be donated to help fight against social injustice and police brutality. If you want to donate, there will be a link in the description down below. Um, today's guest was Lamar Lewis. Thank you so much for your time, brother. And um, thank you for the insight you gave us today. Uh, it's really helpful. And um, I think it's going to help a lot of people really just truly understand the severity of what's going on these days and um, what they can do to help. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Um, I didn't see your shirt. I love that shirt, man. Um, one last it. comment. I, I I think that's something that we need, man. Like I'm like as I said before, I'm a, I'm a Christian man. Before I'm a black man, we just need more love. Um, and I think if we just turn to Christ, you know, this we can heal um a lot faster, man. But I thank y'all for having me. I pray that everyone has um a blessed day, man. You too. God bless. All right.